Howdy, everybody, and a happy 2023 to you. I'm Cable Smith, and you were listening to episode 109 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside, as always, good counselor Chisholm Cook. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year. Did you stay up till midnight? No, dude. Absolutely <laughs> not. I did. I have not done that on New Year's Eve in I don't even know how long. I did the other day. Didn't want to, but did. Mm-hmm. Uh, hunting. Uh, some friends came in at like 9.30, almost 10 o'clock at night. So, of course, then you don't end up getting to bed till midnight. But um, I don't like midnight. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. I don't give a damn about New Year's. It's January 1st, one way or another. And I'll as you stated last show, 2023 is going to suck anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't seem like it's anything to get up early for or stay up early, stay up late for. We stayed up till I think the, the, the uh, Mickey's family left at like 1230. We cooked a bunch of ribs and the kids stayed up way too late. And, uh, and then last night, I was like, it was like 10 o'clock and Aaron and I were in bed and she's like, let's watch one episode of Yellowstone. We're way behind. So three episodes later, it was like 1 a.m. and Mm. went to bed. Yeah. That uh, alarm clock went off early today. Anyway, um, y'all had a good New Year's though? I guess. You don't don't care. You just said you don't care about New Year's. (laughs) Personally, I wouldn't even have come home from the dearlies if it wasn't henry's birthday so yeah i mean like christmas was is a a week prior to the day that's that's a big deal new year's is like it's cool because i'm off today like that's Mm -hmm. great can you imagine getting more shysted than having your birthday on december 31st uh and that close to christmas it seems like you're really getting shysted there yeah you got dropped a little bit it sounds like yeah Mm-hmm. He got a new pair of vortex vortex binos. So. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Not the one, not the ones you want. No, these weren't the. Super I, I can't get expensive ones. A set of optics off my friend with a vortex sponsorship to save my freaking life. So. <laughs> um, yeah, resolution. Buy his old garbage that he's had in his safe that he never even mounted on a rifle for way more than what they're worth by that point. But uh, I mean, I, I guess that's something. Mm. It's a good deal for you. You have resolutions you want to talk about? He's flicking me off. Okay. All right. That's how he feels about it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we've touched on this a couple times, but uh, the first one in our house is a, uh, a, a household-wide resolution to uh, straighten up the budget after the calamity of uh, 2022 inflation and start uh, restart get back to saving properly and all of that stuff. Um, hmm. Costs really spiraled out of control last year. So got to rein that back in. Um, hmm. Well, then I probably should wait to send you your bill for the turkey hunt. I mean, there are certain obligations that are already uh, <laughs> in <laughs> pre-existing. Yeah. <laughs> At least this year we're taking the girls. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's number one. What are you hmm. working on? Uh, I just weighed myself 212 pounds. I'd like to, which I mean, that's what I've been at for the last five years, you know, um, I'd like to get down to 200 pounds by the end of this year to keep that, you know, 10 pounds less, 12 pounds less be my 
playing weight. You know, if you stop drinking and stopped eating sugar for a month, you could be down to 200 pounds by February. Well, the drinking is another thing. So I want to have more days <laughs> this year that I don't drink than I do drink. So that's the goal. And I don't mean getting drunk. I just mean having any alcohol. Yeah. 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 That um, is a good start. It also really frames up the issue pretty well. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking in terms of let's go 51% of the, let's get. <laughs> What would that be? 176 days or so, 177 yeah. days yeah. of uh, perfect sobriety. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Good. So that's the goal. Something 180 something, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already, yeah. I, I would, I would say exercise, but I already do that. I already go to the gym, play soccer, do those things, which help me stay at a healthy 212 yep. pounds, right? If I didn't do those things, I'd be probably a total fat ass. Just be. I would be a total fat ass. I'd probably weigh 235 pounds. Uh, let's see. I certainly stay in relatively decent shape. Although, man, I haven't had the... Um... It's really funny. I get down on myself for not exercising enough or hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I ran a half marathon and a triathlon last year. So I'm not exactly in... Like, It's not, not like I'm letting myself go by any stretch. Yeah, you definitely should get to the gym, though. I have gained a solid seven pounds or so. Uh, I have a gym. It's in my garage. Badass! All sorts of uh, weights and barbells and kettlebells and things to throw around. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, just trying to stay disciplined and maybe ramp it up a notch. That's another one on my list. Um, Continue to improve level of patience with the family. Um, I've got one that's kind of out there. So the last several years I've been trying to, um, find ways to serve. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely feel like I need to learn the balance of when to say no to stuff or when to not throw my hat in a ring. Yeah. Uh, doing things all over the place. And, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing any of them particularly well. <laughs> so, reining, reining in my acts of service to uh, the things that I think God really wants me focused on. That's, that's definitely one for this year. My wife would say I have a hard time saying no, not so much from a service standpoint, but to friends like, Hey, you want to go do this? And I'm, I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, sure. I'll, yeah, let's do it. You know? Yep. And, uh, and it, she gets annoyed because it doesn't, you know, traveling a lot for my real job. And then, when those things come into the picture, it just adds more onto your plate. And she's like, when do we ever just take a breath and decompress? Saying no to things would definitely include no to haunts and other uh, non-essential activities for sure. I'm not going to say no to haunts. So I meant more like you want to go watch this football game or do X well, holiday. Yeah, I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're pretty boring. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um huh. <laughs> that's it. He just said, huh. <laughs> Speaking uh, of football games, Cowboys are doing pretty good, huh? Yeah. After a little stumble uh what was that last week? 
Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, which yeah. sucks because they'd be cruising right alongside Philly playing for the number one seed if they yeah. hadn't lost that game. So, but now the Giants are already in the playoffs. So they really have nothing to play for. But also, neither do the Redskins. They, they've been eliminated, uh, like you told me, off the air. So it'll be interesting to see with Dallas and Philly both playing for something and the other two for nothing. How so many teams do they, they let into the playoffs now? Seven on each side. And the one seed gets a bye. There's three There's three wild cards now? Yeah. And oh only God. the one seed gets a bye. So... Okay, so they didn't actually end up adding a round because they took a couple of buys, another buy away, I guess, right? Or a couple yeah, of buys. They yeah. took a buy away. Mm-hmm. They added teams, but they took away a buy, so it's the same number of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. by the second weekend, there's just four teams left in each conference. So we're so this is the last week of regular season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weeks seven or I guess week eighteen with the buys. But anyway. Cowboys uh, are in two then, I guess, right? They're already oh, yeah. locked. They're already it's in. Just a matter of where they finish. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh I have some I have goals. I watched, for... like, I watched like four minutes of, of the Tennessee game. Probably five, nice. or so, five maybe. I mean, I was at Deer Camp and I watched the entire second half once we got back on my phone. In Better my than the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Which hey, no, let's I really talk about that. Okay, go ahead. And then we'll go right to that. Uh, YouTube, NFL.com puts on YouTube, like f- they're, they're right at 15 minutes, 15 minute highlight reels from each game. Mm-hmm. Such a good, that's the best way in the world to keep up with the Cowboys. <laughs> just watch, just watch the good parts. 15 <laughs> minutes on a Monday morning. Done. Uh, I actually like watching the entire game. Man. Anyway, yeah. what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, I have a resolution for the show. <laughs> I bet it involves me doing work. It, it involves, well, first of all, your audio is crapping out again. So it involves you getting that fixed. And secondly, it, it is, we, I think we need to book more interviews. So I like to say, let's get an interview with an interesting guest like every month. And yeah, and that does involve you doing I work. I think we made that resolution before, but well, now we're announcing it, it guess, publicly. So I think we did that before too. But four star can hold us accountable. I always wonder if he even knows we're talking about him when we talk about four star. <laughs> so that's a resolution for the show. Uh, our family okay. will back to the family though. We we do have one other one. Aaron and I talked about. Um, not eating out as much because you, yeah. you mentioned saving money. I mean, that's like, that's a black hole that you're just throwing money into. I mean, that's probably the main thing where it goes. To be honest. It's not like we're for sure frivolous. Well, Amazon comes a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, there's six of us here. So there's things that need, you know, well, that we're, I guess we need to buy, <laughs> uh, but there's plenty of things we don't. There's air quotes around Amazon- that need. Amazon. What's the difference, though? Either your wife orders it on Amazon, or she goes to Target and spends the same amount. Right. I, I mostly agree, except that there's plenty of things that show up that, uh, if you just had the imposition of getting in the vehicle and driving 15 minutes to Target, you wouldn't. Yeah, but it's so easy. Yeah. I right. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 a there's no barrier at all 
It's open phone, open app, search thing, click Here's buy. Your money, they even have those. it buy with one click. It's like it's like literally it says buy with one click. It's begging you. Just just do it. Just do it. So easy. One click. Jeff Bezos, it doesn't even the click. Future owner of the Dallas click. Cowboys. I listened it, to your MoFax uh, episode. Oh yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Which, should, I, I don't uh, want to get into that today. We'll save that for we'll table that because I, we have a whole run sheet of stuff. But I do want I do want to dive into that. And I think it's fascinating. Um Okay. But yeah. maybe we'll do that on next episode. Um Let's see. So yeah, book more interviews for this year. Um, if we're done with the resolutions, then I wanted to talk about hunting because you trapped a nice bobcat this past week. Yeah, sure did. But was shoot. there was there anything else on the on the trap line or just the bobcat? Mm, yeah, the unfortunate uh, stink pig. Yeah. yeah. No coyotes. <laughs> no. Didn't catch any coyotes this time. I, man, you, I gotta have, get. Have you caught many this season? I'll be honest with you, man. That's the first time I've set the traps all year. Well, after being like gung ho about it for three seasons, it's just been like, eh. <laughs> I, I've definitely found I've got to be down there for two full days to even bother. I don't. Uh-huh. I never catch anything the first night that I set them. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of you know letting everything settle back down, the stench go away, and all that stuff. But the second night, I always have bang, 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 multiple animals. Mm-hmm. And that held true this time. So there's been several trips down where I was only there for like a day. Should have run them on Thanksgiving when we were there for, you know, four. Um, but we also had 20 people there. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's just another thing to keep up with. There's like a remarkable amount of stuff to do while you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not like we're not, I'm not seeing as many as much sign of coyote like i'm not catching them on the cameras as much as i have in years past i'm not seeing them in person there was one year in particular where i remember i shot like three coyotes in like in like four sits from the blind not even calling they just were coming out i was just like bang 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 and we were trapping them and calling them and shoot i mean we got like you know we've knocked down like 15 plus a year for three years yeah four years now so i do feel like maybe we've put a little bit of a dent in them and the neighbor's place, they sell hunt, so you know they're they're doing the same thing. Yeah, you'd think. Some they of the well, some some of the neighbors, like my immediate that cactus jack that you asked, asked about is kind of more catty corner. Like they mm. we share a border a little bit. Um, but then from our corner of us, that's theirs that going that way. Um, but to your point, that's all the same roaming territory, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did catch a cool a big awesome male bobcat 24 and a half pounds really pretty very much alive when i got there yeah uh son of a bitch took four 22 long rifles including i think it was five three to the head neck area and two like behind the shoulder so i i pulled up on it i caught it in the same trap i caught a male bobcat two years ago um it's just like this kind of very gentle little low spot where the, you know, the draw kind of cuts across the fence and runs into our place. And so that little draw, any of those little bellies, there's always traffic consistent through there. And um, he <laughs> run on the trap line is kind of fun. Like there's a lot of grass growing right now from all the rains we've had this fall. It's like, you can't see 
what you've got caught until you're right up next to it. And then, you know, the trap being hung on our side of the fence, like I've definitely seen coyotes uh, and bobcats that were like hung by the foot, like run out. You know, if I'm driving down, yeah. so my dog's out in front of me, I'll see like she'll go on point and a critter will come at her and be like out to the middle of the two track if uh-huh. it's hung by one foot, you know? So you're driving along and you get to these spots and you can't tell if anything is in them until you're right next to them, which would mean that damn thing could jump in the buggy with you <laughs> almost. And sure enough, there's this big male bobcat looking at me. He's like, oh, <laughs> actually, the javelinas got me pretty, <laughs> gave me a pretty good start too. But um, so I didn't even have this 22 long rifle loaded. I don't think I had to load it up, <clears throat> took the first shot. And I mean, it just immediately. I mean, I was aiming for the back of its head. It had turned away from me. Fell, you know, kind of went stiff. Looked like I brained it, right? So I had left that javelina because I had to dispatch it to back. But basically, what I was going to do was, like, finish the trap line, and then as I worked my way back, get the stuff off, right? So I went the last, like, trap or two, turned around, letting this thing just sort of, if I hit it in the brain, I didn't want to grab it and have it start, you know, nerve spazzing on me right Mm -hmm. so i get back around and i go i pull it um i got it almost halfway into the fence and i notice it's still breathing i was like oh crap but it's not moving i must have spined it like right maybe in the base of the spine where it meets the brain you know but it didn't kill it Mm. so you and cats i mean tucks also took quite a few yeah i mean they're not easy to kill with a little 22 long to be fair uh so but yeah anyone did, as didn't hear that episode tux was the uh ranch cat that ranch cat. five people before he had to go away i think it was six well, that, well that's like five too many counting me it was six <laughs> that, that cat had nine lives for sure literally remember it was bit six people and then i missed it three then i shot at it three times to kill it yeah so yeah <laughs> So this cat is now at the taxidermist. We're just going to get life-sized. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking she's got, they've got this one mold where they're coming down like a, like a little like rock stair thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So it really stretches the cat out, like stretches it way out, but also then I can have it like looking down. So put it up high with the other deer heads underneath one of those lights. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I mount it on the wall up, so I guess you saw Riley's buck when y'all were there, right? Yeah. Up on the wall. So you know how it's got, we've got those downward up and down facing lights. Right. And so now we have her buck from last year, that big wide deer and then Charlotte's buck. So now we've got three of those spots filled and they're all in like the cat, the big cats in line with all that. So like when you look at the the mountain lion, the mountain lion, right. When you look at the mountain lion with Riley's buck next to it, it really gives perspective on both. Like the cat makes the deer look bigger and vice versa. The deer makes the yeah. cat look bigger as opposed to just the cat when it was by itself on an empty wall. Um, so by stretching this big, long four foot cat out, like in line with those other racks mounts, I feel like it'll really show how big that cat is. Hmm. Uh, plus have it lit lit from above. Plus you'll be able to see like the spots in the white belly on the chest and the, you know, the belly. So I think that's probably what we'll go with. Nice. Very cool. Um, yeah. Henry and I went to the lease for three, four days, three nights, and uh, shot. I got a new thermal rifle scope. 
shot a pig with that, which he, which that was the first time he's ever looked through and like seen animals through the scope, uh, the thermal. So he thought that was pretty cool. And then, um, shot a hybrid duck. It was a mallard gadwall cross. It was the first time I've ever shot a hybrid. They're obviously not very common. Um, and then this deer that we were hunting ghosted us for three days and of course showed back up when we were gone the very next morning <laughs> yeah that's uh not a coincidence no the they wind were... was always good but i think it, all the other deer were very predictable they came from the same way uh kind of where this fence these two fences meet they would round that corner and come to the feeder and i'm thinking this deer probably circles the entire feed area so it has to I mean, we went, uh, in with, we went in with night vision and we're quiet. Um, when we got there, the pop-up was laying on it. The wind had blown it over on its side. So we fixed that. And then we hunted there that day. And then we actually moved it because the wind was changing to give us, you know, a more advantageous um, situation. I mean, we're like 120 yards from the feeder. It's It wasn't, it's not like we were bow hunting, you know? So this, this deer was pretty smart. Oh, dude, I mean, so I was sitting, how far is that? It's three quarters of a mile at least. I was bow hunting midday and Sofa was kenneled up out on the back porch of the house and I could hear every sound she made. Mm -hmm. When I started bow hunting, I realized, dude, if you sneeze clear your throat bump the side of the blind any sound you make in that blind every deer within 200 unless it's windy every deer within 150 to 200 yards of you knows right exactly where you're at mm -hmm. so i was sitting bow hunting this weekend and i had deer doing exactly what you're talking about like when you're right by one of those feeders and you can see stuff moving through the brush you can hear stuff stepping i had deer circle me just doing what you're talking about, like making a loop around that feeder, figuring out what, you know, if it was safe to come out. I think that's exactly what this deer did, which yep. is why he's a big deer and, you know, younger bucks and does. They, they, I mean, the first day we had 10 deer on us for, it's not like South Texas. It's a lot for us. Most I've seen in a sit all season. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good set 10 deer. Yeah. For sure. That'd be and we had, we had a deer every, every time. So he's, they don't get big by being stupid. One of the um, best tactics I feel like I've ever heard, although I haven't actually tried it. Um, this longtime bow hunter told me that uh, when he would hunt East Texas in particular, you know, where you could hang tree stands and stuff, that he would hang a tree stand 50 yards off of the feeder mm -hmm. in the timber on the heaviest game trail. And that that's where he would shoot big bucks. That the big bucks would come in, they'd never go to the feeder. Yeah, but they'd check out the feeder to see who's there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That deer that I was hunting on the twenty acres here in Collin County that was in the mid one seventies. I had two. I had a one feeder and one protein feeder on that place. It's only twenty acres. That deer never ate it a single one of them, ever. Not one time. Yep. But he was always there. But he always skirted the feeders. He knew that something was up with them. Like that's danger. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, if I didn't have Henry, I probably would have just sat in this field, uh, like a couple hundred yards away and me, you know, cause I was rifle hunting with no blind, nothing just sat there 
there's and he would never have heard me. I wouldn't have had to come in through the woods. Wouldn't have yeah, had to messing with that pop up, probably. You know, well, I mean, we had to. It was on its yeah, side, yeah, sure. you know. So, yeah. um, but that's what I would have done. And I've shot deer like that uh, previous places, just sitting by the fence, with just a tripod. You know, that's it. Something to shoot off of. That's what I would have done, and I think probably would have had luck. But it is what it is. Um, we'll start with your favorite. Topic. Hold on, before we switch gears completely from mule deer hunting, are we gonna knock two out today? Since I'm gonna be. Or from from hunting. I don't know. I don't know if I have time. I'm trying to okay. go back to the lease, so to go duck hunting. Or I'm gonna I gotta do one of two things. Going to go to Oklahoma and go bow hunting this afternoon, or I'm going to go back to the lease and duck hunt for two days and pack up my tent and all my crap. Call it a season. I'm supposed to go mule deer hunting with three guys from church on Saturday, uh, and we would be in Arizona next week. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be in Mexico mule deer hunting. Yeah, you're definitely going to have shot at bigger deer than, well, I don't know. We get shot at some pretty big deer if we can even get there. Our problem is uh, the monsoon, like I've mentioned in last week's episode, El Nino seems to be upon us. So it's been raining and or snowing for in, in Arizona. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it's northern Arizona, Prescott, right? Like in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, but the whole, I mean, the whole west coast and the rockies into you know the eastern plains of color like that whole rocky mountain west is getting just pounded right now and it has been for like two weeks how so, with global warming and all i mean how is that even possible oh well, that's why it's called climate change see the, <laughs> the climate change last year was dry now it's wet that means man oh, I, I have a prediction next week it's going to change again yeah <laughs> right uh, now it's supposed to it's supposed to be uh not rainy. Uh, they're not really calling for clear skies anymore, but 50 degrees during the day. So it's a, it's sort of a drop camp set up, uh, with this outfitter there that's been there for a really long time. Uh, quite reputable and find their stuff all over the place. It's a drop camp plus supposed to be like a scouting report. Well, turns out it really only works two primary units. And so this is the late season, Arizona, over-the-counter archery tag did you know that was a thing yeah yeah so well, and i know why it's available because it's hard to kill them late season with sure. archery. so yeah, i like, mean it's any time of year right but um i would think it'd be easier late season than in i don't know does it when so you know, i'm not all- i mean i'm expecting you to come home empty-handed let's just go ahead and put that out there that's my right. expectation. Because what is the success rate? I mean, it's not. It's nothing against you. You're a good it's hunter. No different but... than no, no different than when we go elk hunting. You know, ten percent. Oh, dude, I would have thought 12%. it was like three or four percent. No, I mean, season. if you think about it, it's the full blown rut. So hmm. the bucks are dumb. Like, I mean, you can rattle them in, you can grunt them in. They'll hmm. stand there and just stare at you with that thousand yard rut stare. Like we're gonna be there at the back half of like full-blown rut and they'll okay. be just as dumb as whitetails but most archery like the you know this but the kind of premier if you're a western hunter everybody would think oh you're 100 percent an elk every western dude big velvet august mule deers mule deer are their their jam that's what mm-hmm. i mean they, they elk hunt too and they love that but stuff they're easier to pattern than yeah, I mean, they'll walk right up to you if you know how to call even half-assed, right? 
they love that whole glassing across box canyons and then putting a stock that takes half a day and shooting them in their beds, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that time of year, you might be dealing with a three or four buck bachelor group where this time of year you might have herds of 20 and 30 between a whole bunch of does and you know a big mature buck and then a couple of satellite bucks. Same thing that you see in, in the elk, elk situation, right? So mm. they're dumb, but they have a lot more eyes on you. So I don't, I don't know that it's a whole lot less successful. Um, but well, between I mean, the weather, I, I've told you my expectation, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Well, okay. So this outfitter candidly told us on Sunday that if it rains like it was supposed to as of yesterday morning, this next Saturday, the day we would leave, he's like, "You guys will be screwed. It'll be two th- two days minimum before we can get it, even get in there, which will be you know two burn three burn, burn days of your hunt, like." And he, so he offered, and the biggest deal is these two primary units that he hunts, which are big buck units. This year is the first year that Arizona is putting quotas on this over-the-counter archery tag. Mm. So in the past, if you bought that tag, you could hunt most of the state in January. But now they have mandatory harvest reporting as of 2022. And so every Wednesday, they update the the tallies and... The two units that he would want to put us in are down to, as we speak right now, there's five tags left in those two units. Mm. Not tag. I mean, there's, we have tag, each of us has a tag. Yeah, there's but five we, deer that are still allocated right. to be killed. That's right. And they'll close the unit. So I, long and short of it is on Thursday, when we check the tag report, the quota report, if there are bucks left in either of those two and the weather is going to be decent, we're going to go. But, if the weather's still looking foul, which it looks really good right now, or those two units are shot out, then he told us we could have opening week uh, in August okay. uh, where he'll have like all summer's worth of scouting. And man, I think like as far as application season and all that stuff, I think next year, New Mexico, Arizona, all that, it's going to be really good with as much rainfall and snow as they're getting right now. Yeah. But anyway, so... It remains to be seen whether we go or not. Well, that's why we'll see if we can tape another one, but I don't know. We'll have time. So it might be one of those weeks we just, I think it happens two or three times a year to travel where we just don't do one at least. um, Let's start with your favorite topic. And that is the one that you were so indifferent to last week, immigration. And just a quick note on this, just he's rolling his eyes. Oh my God. They just glazed over. No, no, no. It's, this is just a quick, it's <laughs> a very quick uh, note here. All right. Did you see Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot ask the city council for an uh, extra $53.5 million to help aid the 1,500 illegals that Governor Abbott has sent to Chicago? $53.5 million for 1,500 people? This is why we're bankrupt. <laughs> how, how, how much of a dent in the wall could you make with 53 and a half million dollars instead of doing what she's doing? Well, you have to keep in mind that like the first 30 to 40% gets skimmed off the top by Lori and her and her Gotham city gangsters. Mm-hmm. So she's a beautiful woman, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the biggest challenge insect looking human. She might, she might be an alien. I, I, I challenge, I challenge both of those descriptors. Beautiful and woman. I'm not sure that either one of them applies to that person. Yep. So there's your immigration update. Great. Now, 
we can move on to uh, cool. something different if indeed there's anything <laughs> how about leftist how about the let's talk about the biggest leftist trick in the book and uh this is from and i just want to revisit this to just see where we've come from to where we are today and this is uh rochelle Walensky. Walensky? Mm. Yeah, of the CDC. This goes back to March 2021. And let's take a listen here. With our ability to vaccinate at a clip of 3 million vaccinations a day, we have 93 million Americans who have gotten their first dose, um, 51 million who have gotten their second dose. And we have, we can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the mm-hmm. clinical trials but it's also in real world data so there we go that was, that was a flat I, lie she yeah. lied flat out because she said it's not only in the clinical trial they didn't even test for carrying or transmissibility they didn't even test for that we learned that the other day yeah yeah uh, so th- i just wanted to revisit that to uh kind of just keep everyone you just give them the perspective of the world that we live in. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> but here's the leftist trick. It's that uh, we didn't lie. No, no, no. We didn't lie. The science changed. That's what they say. Science <laughs> changed. There was no science, lady. You just you just made that yeah. you made that up. Uh, here's another one example. And this isn't about science, but this is January 2022. Old mush for brains Biden. And I don't remember if things were really that great a year ago. I don't think that they were, you know, from a economic standpoint. But uh, let's see how things have changed in the last twelve months. It's about twenty percent higher than it was when my predecessor was there. It has hit record after record after record on my watch. Stock market, the last guy's measure of everything. It's about twenty percent higher. Than it was when my predecessor was there. We'll just play it twice, just so you can uh, soak it all in. The last guy. <laughs> it's hit. Did you know that it's hit record after record after record on his watch, Chisholm? I would say yes, Joe. It has record of futility. It's the worst it's been since two thousand eight. Have you looked at your uh, at your portfolio lately? Mine ain't looking very good. I yeah, I don't want to. I, I, I know most days I don't. I just don't even look at it. Uh, yeah. Uh, thankfully, they haven't operated that damn thing in four days. So we'll see what uh, tomorrow brings. But yeah, I, but this is the thing. You can just say whatever you want. And, and that's the truth. Well, that There's was no, last January when it was at the all-time high, right? What, what, wait, was it? No, it wasn't an all-time high last January. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, but it was, a, I mean, dude. It was at all. I mean, first of all, if you look at any five-year stretch, mm-hmm. for the most part, you're always going to have a high, all-time high. Just about every presidency is going to experience a peak, a new record on the Dow or the S and P. Right? When you look at it over that l- length of time, it's always going up, right? But when the so pandemic, it was, so it was actually better when he in, in January of 2022 than it was when Trump. When I mean, I, I my my stocks were like flying high. Towards 
well, basically throughout Trump's presidency, everything was looking except good. for the year of the pandemic. Okay. Right. So the year of the pandemic, the world economy came to a halt. There was a plummet. I'll look mm-hmm. at the chart right now. It, oh, you're yeah, right. I mean, definitely. in January of 2020, it was at an all time high. And right. then by March, it was falling off a cliff. But by the time of the actual election, it was already getting back to where it had been. So then yeah. in 2021, it had nowhere to go but up because we had bottomed out during the pandemic. But now 2022 is the story of his presidency because he's destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year ago tomorrow, the Dow was was basically at a record. But I mean, then, but yeah, but, but then, a year but ago, it, but then it lost almost 30 percent in the, in the 12 months mm-hmm. since then. A year ago today, I was slapping. I did that stickers on every gas pump when I filled up. No, that wasn't a year ago. That was like that was like last spring was okay yeah i mean there that's the point is that in this just sent just in the one year exactly a year to the day almost this administration and all these leftists have destroyed the economy yeah, to the point where we don't want to look at our right portfolios what's yeah. left of it oh man um but that's a good trick Let's see you know also where he said uh which we played this clip but where he claimed that gas was $5 a gallon when he took office and it was $2 and 39 cents. Yeah. But it's the truth. Cause I said, it is the truth and you're too stupid. You are too stupid to figure it out for yourself. We are very you're stupid. A sheep. Um, There's something speaking of stupid. I don't want to jump the gun or jump, jumble up the, the run sheet, but, uh, uh, the ignorance of of the average American, but more importantly, the liberal leaning American, uh, um, we're going to put on on full display when we start talking about battery technology. Go ahead. What do you oh got no, I, I I'm done with that. It was just a uh, couple things there on on liberal lies. And if you want to move on to, do you want to do uh, McCarthy or go straight to? Uh... Yeah, let's talk about that first. Okay, I'll let you run with this one. So what do you even know about it? So 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 the, the, I'll be honest. The, I have kind of checked out during the holidays. Yeah. So as everybody knows, we got a Republican House of Representatives elected in November. Mm-hmm. They will be taking office this month, January. So by the end of this month, we'll have a new, whole new Congress, right? Um. The Senate will now be 51, 49, but the Republicans have a five-seat majority in the House or whatever. So as everybody knows, Nancy Pelosi's time as queen of the Democratic Party has come to an end. She has officially resigned as the leader. Like, she's not even running for the... In the House, you've got the Speaker of the House, which is the top position. That position, I think, is like third in line for the presidency in the event of some sort of calamity, right? There's the president, mm-hmm. vice president, and then I think the Speaker of the House is the next up. It's a very important position. Sets the whole agenda for the House of Representatives. Pelosi has been that two or three times, maybe. Um, it's really politics aside, you can't argue with her effectiveness. She has probably been one of the most effective uh, speakers we've certainly seen in our lifetime. Um, mostly because she runs the house like a dictator right like 
one of the things that is really tough and this McCarthy thing highlights it. So, so she's out, she's already acknowledged. She will not run again. She's content if, with her new, uh, the, the, the uh, government building they're going to name after her, which will cost us uh, another $50 million. Yeah. Well, and I also think she knows the, how the game is played. You know, I've mentioned many times that at some point we'll see Clinton and Biden get thrown under the bus by their own party because they're not bigger than the party. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Pelosi sees that, um, history probably <laughs> very very soon she's going to start getting kicked around as the old uh white lady of the party who needs to be replaced by the you know hot young latina or whatever mm-hmm. um bartender there's a lot going on there but she's out is the main point which means but there's this house minor house minority leader position she's even said she doesn't want that so she's she's basically like writing off. So who's the front runner for that? For the minority leader position? Mm-hmm. Uh they've already elected it. It's um I think it's that guy Sadiq Khan. Um I think that's who okay. it is. He was the one if you remember the Twitter uh these Twitter files that have been coming out over the last few weeks there was one democratic representative who challenged Twitter and said aren't we censor isn't this a violation of the first amendment in an email that was mm-hmm. released? I think it was the guy who's now the house minority leader but the republicans as always are scrambling uh in futility to get their s together and they're failing um they're supposed to elect a new speaker of the house and generally speaking the house with the 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 party with the power the party with the majority just elects the next up in line right right so kevin mccarthy California representative who was like right before the tea party, he was one of these three guys that was, they were called the young guns. It was Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy. And then I can picture the guy, but I'm blanking on his name. He got beat in the tea party era. They were all supposed to be like badass, handsome, young conservative dudes. And they all turned out to be like, you know, just rhino cooks. Right. Mm. So much so that one of them lost his position <coughs> in the Tea Party wave. Anyway, there is a big bunch of Republicans in the House that really want to see uh, justice and vengeance and like a uh, a public flogging of Hunter Biden of uh, yeah, give twi- me that. Of, this is what Twitter, I want. right? Of Twitter. I mean, yeah, everything. That you Otherwise, and they I, just sweep it under the rug, and the things yeah. that we've talked about for the last two years just go away, like they never happened. Yeah, I mean, the FBI needs a a reckoning. Uh, the entire deep state apparatus, CIA, dude, all, all of the above, right? Hillary Clinton spying on Trump's campaign and making up lies about it. All these things, right? There's a big swath of the Republican Party that wants to see all that, and then there's and pretty much all of those folks look at Kevin McCarthy as the He's the Mitch McConnell of the house, right? Yuck. That he's going to give them just enough to, you know, they'll, they'll run the same some old cycle. And... Right. I mean, he's basically there to protect the establishment, right? That's what mm-hmm. most of these folks think. He did take a stand against this $1.7 trillion bill that just got passed. But it's kind of like he knew it was a foregone conclusion because the house hasn't flipped yet. Yeah. So was he really taking a stand? Like if it, if it had been 
his house at that point and that bill had been on the floor, I'd love to know how he would have voted. Right. I bet his pockets got lined by that money regardless. Mm -hmm. So the main upshot of all that is as of now, January 2nd, there is still no speaker elect. He has repeatedly failed to get the necessary. There are five holdouts and you can probably name all of them, but it's, it's like Matt Gates from Florida. It's a, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, I'm pretty sure Bobert is in this, the gal from Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. One or two other, two other, I guess, like hardcore MAGA style Republicans are like, I'm not voting for this guy. He has to get the votes, or I'm not exactly sure the, the nitty gritty details here, but I heard a podcast of a legal mind explaining that, like, if he can't shore up the entire Republican cohort then it would actually go to a full house vote Hmm. and the speaker of the house doesn't actually have to be in the house of representatives uh watch the gop screw that up yeah the house of representatives and i didn't know this yeah yeah can elect somebody outside of the house to preside over the house those republicans that would if they voted for a democrat would be committing political suicide or, or, I mean, or any more so just... than the any more so than the 13 or 15 or whatever that voted for gun control in the 1.7 trillion dollars mm. well on the senate on the senate showing side? that it doesn't matter yeah i mean mitch mcconnell has been a cuck since, since he got there and he still gets reelected every six years yeah by the fine folks of kentucky um the most interesting thing i heard was if they fail to get mcconnell uh, uh, McCarthy McCarthy uh, into that position the Democrats could lift uh, like a Liz Cheney up and then if they've got enough cuck Republicans to band up with the entire Democratic caucus then you could have Liz Cheney in charge of the House of Representatives which means you ain't getting nothing done when it comes to investigations because the house that the speaker sets the agenda. Yeah. So like, you know, getting behind the actual truth of January 6th, getting the actual videos that they're sitting on that show the police, like encouraging, like Capitol police, encouraging people to like walk all the stuff that we've all seen. Right. None of that sees the light of day. Hunter Biden probably goes by the wayside, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if it's actually, well, it be sounds Cheney. like, it sounds like with McCarthy, that's going to be the same going to be the same so so one of the things so it's kind of interesting he, is there a legitimate contender to challenge him um, because to me what's gonna what the way that i see this playing out is the republicans will be like well we just we, we're not gonna let a democrat have it so eventually they'll just concede and be well like, and so that's the thing McCarthy is they're in the midst the guy they're, they're in the midst of negotiations right now right um of the five i think he only has to pick off one or two and he's in. He doesn't need all five. Um, and so they're in these negotiations. And one of the things that the holdout five are wanting is the ability for one single representative to bring a motion to the floor to remove the Speaker of the House. So, like, all these rules are rewritten for every Congress. Like, for example, two years ago, they rewrote, you know, the, the, the current Congress rewrote 
the rules of the House of Representatives where you can't say mother anymore. Remember when we talked about that? Oh, yeah. All right. So this is the kind of thing. Birthing person. Right. The current Congress will be looking at what are the rules for the speakership. And what these people want to be able to do is at the drop of a hat, one individual can bring a motion to uh, the floor to vote out the House Speaker and replace him. And the current state of negotiations, at least as of yesterday, was that McCarthy had offered that it would take five, five people in the House coming together to make a motion for removal. And then it would still have to go to a vote and all that stuff, right? So there's little bitty nitty gritty details like that that are in play right now about what they're going to try to prosecute, what they're going to investigate, what kind of power the speaker's going to have, what kind of power the the caucus is going to have to remove him. That's what's that's the problem with our political system right now is that it's not I don't think it's the way I think the forefathers did an amazing job, but like term limits should have been one thing that was included that I just they, they didn't have the foresight to realize that these people would become career politicians. And that's what he's doing. McCarthy is okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to let one person bring in motion against me to remove me, but I'll concede and give you five, but he's just trying to protect himself. Yeah. But if you think about it, like imagine, imagine what a cluster F it would be. If one pissed off Marjorie Taylor green was bringing a motion on like a weekly basis to remove the speaker of the house. It's true. Like there, I see there's a balance there, right? Like five out of 435, I think actually seems like a, I mean, you should have a little bit of a coalition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be able to gum up the works that I, no, I agree with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can imagine, like, imagine if there's a legit motion on the floor to remove the Speaker of the House. Nothing else will be getting done. All mm-hmm. the news will talk about is Republican dysfunction. You know, it'll it'll bring the agenda, whatever their agenda may be, to a halt. So, um. So it's interesting, uh, you know, if they can't get, I want to see McCarthy, if he ends up to help the speaker, go after the corruption that we have seen. I don't but have any reason to believe will he will be and he won't. That's, what um, That's the way. Right. And, the, but the reality is like, nobody they would get would because too many of the, too many of both sides, the vast majority of our Congress people, House and Senate, are beholden to the their political the, career, the, the, the what deep state empire, to. right? Mm-hmm. The deep state empire. They don't want to give um, up the power they have, dude. Think about this. I don't know how much we. I don't know that we've ever talked about it, but we all know that these things, and I'm holding up my phone for the camera, are monitoring us, and now we know mm-hmm. unequivocally that the FBI and the CIA are buying those data packages from Facebook, Meta, Twitter, etc. Wait, do we know that? Yeah. That came <laughs> out in the Twitter files. Yeah, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Yeah, like, yeah we the know most that. Of, do most I mean, Americans not, really know that? Or do they want to believe it? We Anybody who was paying attention knew that already. But like, what came out two weeks ago, I guess, with these Twitter files that Elon's releasing is $5 million a year that the FBI was paying to Twitter for that data. And mm-hmm. when the FBI, when that got exposed, their take was, yeah, we do that. 
And this is, but, but they said, yeah, we do that. That it's a shame that y'all are all like peddling misinformation. It's like, wait a minute. So you're doing it. Where's the misinformation part? But my point is, let's say you're an upstart representative, right? Mm. You've, uh, you know, run for city council, maybe got some sort of county position, maybe held a state office for a couple of years. Now you find yourself in the big leagues. You're strolling to the House of Representatives. Um, and you're there for like noble reasons. I'm here to fix stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight the FBI, I'm gonna fight the CIA, right? And then um some dude shows up in a black suit and he like and he like slides an SD card across the table and he's like, Why don't you take a look at what we've got in this file? And it's like everything you ever did online, every email you ever sent. Everything you ever looked at, mm-hmm. every chat you ever had, every text you ever sent. That's how the deep state controls the world, dude. Mm. That right there. So my point is, McCarthy's not special. The two-thirds probably of the Republican Party that would prefer to him be the him to be the speaker. And yeah, they want to make a molehill, you know, they want to kind of like dust some stuff up on Hunter, but they don't want to like, okay. The Durham investigation, right? Yeah. We talked about this. Durham had the FBI dead to rights. He knows damn good and well how corrupt what the FBI was doing. If you remember. And I told you from the beginning, nothing would happen to Hillary. Nothing. Nothing did. Dude. I mean, the people that need to burn are the FBI. The FBI was the most corrupt there because they were playing along with Hillary's scheme, right? That guy. Um. Do you remember the attorney's name um, that he was? He tried to prosecute. Um, doesn't matter. Durham and Michael yeah, Sussman. Yeah. Michael Sussman went to the FBI and met with the attorney general of the FBI, the top lawyer at the FBI. That guy's name was Mike Baker. Mike Baker got fired from Twitter three weeks ago by Elon because he was withholding and scrubbing the data that Elon was trying to release to Americans. Yeah. After being disgraced at the FBI, he resigned in disgrace and went to work at the at, at Twitter as the Twitter top attorney. That's the kind of stuff. But that's the kind of like getting back to to Pick the uh, Steve's man. Yeah, the um, what's that attorney? The, the guy who was prosecuting all that. The uh, Durham. Yeah, thank you, Durham. He wouldn't go there on the FBI. His cover. He actually covered for the FBI. When an FBI agent acknowledged how all of this corruption played out, and it's how that guy Sussman got off. The, the way that Sussman got off was, yeah, he misrepresented and misportrayed a whole bunch of stuff to the FBI, but what the FBI, what, what the FBI, the defense actually was able to prove was they didn't take action based on this. They didn't prosecute or imprison anybody. They knew it was fake. And they did nothing with it other than leak it to Rachel Maddow, right? Mm-hmm. So no harm, no foul. Because Durham allowed that. Because instead of going after the FBI, he went after this guy Sussman. So my point is, everybody from Durham to McConnell to McCarthy, all of them, they're scared to go after the deep state. They're inextric- inextricably intertwined with them. Um, and the kind of guy that would actually napalm all that is not the kind of guy that's going to get elected by the house of representatives to do that job 
So the, the game is rigged. Yeah. Here's yeah. your SD card. <laughs> Do what we say. They would use thumb drive. Probably a thumb drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, could you imagine you know what I've like, discovered? That sounds like a great start to a novel, man. That there's a thumb drive out there on every every single one of us. There's 330 million comprehensive, constantly updated thumb drives. This is your file. Bitch. You know, you know who owns the? It's an inch and a half thumb long. drive company. Pfizer, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bill Gates. It's a tech, uh, it's a tech operation. That's this is what I've discovered though in doing the show for the last two years is that nothing is what I thought it was two years ago. I mean, I've always been a conservative, you know, always, you know, dude, nothing has changed about the way I vote or what I believe, except for like fundamentally it's all a house of cards. It, it is a rigged game. And, and that, that, that's what I've discovered. Like it's been quite a journey, man. Like, yeah. like we have, you know, even remember when we got a little, I got a little size sideways with Mickey. What's up, Mickey? Happy New Year, buddy. I was thinking about that last week. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I guess we've had him on the show. Mickey is a pretty, as I understand it, a pretty staunch, like fundamentalist, like what the Bible says is exactly what it says, which is exactly what it is. The world is mm-hmm. 6,000 years old, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, He... Did not think very highly of the one episode we did where we sort of played devil devil's advocate on like transgenderism and like, well, God created him like that. So, you know, not that I was actually advocating that uh, in that case, that a transgender person should be a pastor at a Methodist church. I don't believe that. But we were just sort of playing with the idea of like, well, these people exist. Yeah, they were created. Right. What does the word perfection mean and all that sort of stuff? And I take a I've always taken a more open-minded view of scripture as God's form of poetry that it has deeper meaning than just the words. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I'm starting to come around more and more to the idea that, yeah, maybe those church of Christ people are the ones that got it right. <laughs> maybe I need to be a lot more literal <laughs> in how I read this thing. Definitely come around I, still to the can't, idea I, I can't reconcile like the, the science and just like the, the dating of things and omissions in the Bible. That's why I still think, I mean, I'm, I'm hundred percent fine interpreting the new Testament as literal. I, I, I believe that that is recent history. I believe it's the truth. But like you and I've talked about many times and I've struggled with it for most of my adult life. Like, how do I, how do I rationalize the fact that just, Hey, dinosaurs aren't in the freaking old Testament. Yeah. I mean, one of the explanations that I've heard for that is like, God put the bones there to pr- create the, pr- the appearance of age in the, in the world. And I'm like, so God he, didn't do that. Like misled us and deceived us intentionally. That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. How about God is an infinite being and the concept of a day is completely irrelevant to him. So he threw right. out there. I did it in seven days. Right. It's like, yeah. what, a day what is, is that's, a day? to me, that's no different than seven trillion years. You're the alpha and the yeah. omega. That's so, right. So anyway, uh, no, it, I still it, generally it, believe that to your point, especially on the oldest components of the story. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's not true to me. Like, that's the one thing that drives me nuts is like, that doesn't mean it's not true. Right. Right. It's just a matter of, it's a matter of language is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about how the Bible was written in Hebrew and their interpretation of time is not the same as the Western world. Yep. So, um, but my main point is I've come a lot closer to Mickey 
as I've become less and less uh, trusting of and more and more disgusted by the world around us uh, and gotten closer and closer to God along the way. I'm a lot closer to Mickey's interpretation today than I was three years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's uh, let's shift gears here. I have one other clip and then I don't know, maybe uh, how are we doing on time? Maybe we just want to do a whole episode. Got, I'm off today, so uh, well, that's what I was kind of thinking was like, we could just break this thing and yeah, we could tag that on to, okay. I, I think there's a, a whole conversation there, especially if we, if you've got time to throw in a little bit of that MoFax stuff, but okay, well, we'll do that. One so we won't the, get to cobalt today. The cobalt the, thing is uh, evergreen. Like it's, you know, yeah. by the time I get back from hunting, the McCarthy thing will be squared away, but the cobalt thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll still be raping and pillaging little African villages. Uh, this is something that infuriated me. And, you know, we've talked about how in our families, you know, we don't really, we're not high on participation trophies. Like you don't, you don't get an award for showing up, right? But you should get an award when it's warranted, when it's, when there's merit there, when you put in the work and you achieved a level of success that was greater than your competition or greater than the baseline, whatever it was, like people should be awarded. Well, this Virginia school called Thomas Jefferson uh, School for... Well, I'm surprised they haven't renamed it yet. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. I think you have to like test into the school. I don't think it's like uh, here we have like uh, schools for the gifted and talented or... Anyway, this is what they did to their national merit scholars. Unbelievable. Can you imagine earning a prestigious award and never being notified about it? Well, that's what happened to nearly 1,200 students here at TJ who were National Merit Scholars. Parents are outraged. Well, a parent discovered Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology wasn't telling students about their awards after she found out her own son was among the nation's top 3% of students. Teachers allegedly dropped certificates unceremoniously on students' desk about a month past special deadlines for National Merit Scholars. The mother says when she confronted the Director of Student Services about it by phone, he allegedly said school leaders underplayed the recognition because they didn't want to hurt the feelings of other students who weren't being honored. However, TJ families feel it's a criminal act to deny students who earned this achievement the right to boost their college admission prospects and earn scholarships. This has supposedly been going on for the past five years. So that's uh, Sierra Fox. Nice looking gal, by the way. Fox is an accurate uh, description of Mm -hmm. uh, Fox 5 in Alexandria, Virginia. So going back to the participation trophies. So here's this elite group of students who deserve the awards, but because everyone has to get their participation trophy, I showed up. Yay, I was here. These kids got screwed out of, you know, possibly getting a better scholarship offer from university because we don't want to hurt the feelings of the dumb kids. (laughs) There's winners and losers in life. Sorry, you weren't a winner, but these kids were. But because you suck, they don't get their awards. This is inspired me i need okay i got another new year's resolution to add to the list and that is that i gotta start writing Mm. i need to write every day um i'm making a note hold on right about uh i want to write an article 
Uh-huh. About the foundation of this leftist revolution, like the foundational pillars, as I understand them. Um, and one of them, and this is something that Jordan Peterson talks a lot about, the great Dr. Jordan Peterson, is it's an attack on competency. And it has mm-hmm. to be an attack on competency. Because if you want to reach the kind of, quote, equity that they're seeking, you can't have competent people because competent people are going to excel beyond uncompetent people, incompetent, incompetent people, right? Incompetent. And so this is a perfect example. Dude, it's not just that they're eliminating grades from some of the major, most prestigious universities in America, Harvard, Yale, Stanford. Whole departments are saying we're no longer grading because grading is unfair. Dude, we talked about this on the show, right? I think you brought it. The, the, uh, I think at Johns Hopkins, the top medical school in America, there was, it was either there or maybe like NYU, a, like a chemistry professor got fired because his students at a premier elite medical institute were complaining that he was too hard. Yeah. He yeah. graded too hard. Did you take people who Packard are going to like pull your heart out of your chest and hold it, right? While they do open heart surgery on you. Yeah. These people are whining about the coursework being too hard. Yeah, I took Packard physics. My parents took Packard physics and then like 30 years later, he was still there and I would take Packard physics and that guy was so smart. That was the only time where I really felt like in life I got a, a participation trophy that I did not deserve. Because dude, that I, class was a joke, bro. I didn't even I couldn't answer one of those questions. I just like I literally did the ABCD thing yeah, one yeah. time. I did a whole exam and I was the first to turn it in like five minutes, and that's because I sat there for two minutes. Yeah. That's how what a dumbass I was at 18 years old, too. But well, but everyone like, was the, the guy and was then too smart. You still and ended so up he had his own he had his own bell curve. Like <laughs> all you had to do is just show up and take the test. Yeah. So I got my participation trophy for that class, I guess. But yeah. but in life, and it's so weird because they want to penalize these kids for being elite, for very smart, for being special, right? But at the same time, they want to celebrate these these transgenders who are also different. That's like what what a conflict of interest. What a catch 22. So these people over here are smart. They can think for themselves. We're going to, we're going to suppress them. These people over here are also in a, a, a little separate group of the population. They're, they're trannies, but we're going to uplift them and celebrate them. Yeah, man. That's what a crock of shit. That's the other aspect of this article or whatever I'm going to write. I want to talk about these foundational pillars, but then there also has to be this conversation about how directly in conflict all of them are right. Right. You're so you're so right. And this is we're going to talk about this on the cobalt conversation. So maybe we'll package most of this. But like, yeah, we are all about individuality and freedom of expression, except when your free your expression uh, offends my sensibilities, then it's not okay. And except when your expression and, you know, your personhood uh, excels beyond mine, then that's not okay either. Mm -hmm. So. So, yeah, it's like. How can you be individualistic as as individualistic as is required under the 
concept that you can define your own gender while also being a communist, right? Like it doesn't work. You're either yeah. a communist, which means you're more into the community than yourself, or you're an individualist. In a lot of ways, all these LGBTQRS people, they should be hardcore, like libertarian free market capitalists. They should be. Right. Because that's all about the self. Right. But mm. then somehow they're also communist. Very weird. I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's package that up. Oh, no. I wanted to, uh, I do have, have one other little quote here from Katie Pavlich, who is a uh, conservative political commentator. So, Oh no no sorry this is uh this is on my notes but no this is this is a cobalt thing so we will package that up sorry my bad um let's go ahead and and wrap it up then and we'll tape a we'll tape a cobalt one and maybe the uh, Mofax eighty eight reflect on that too so that's gonna do it for episode one oh nine of Justified Pursuit the first episode of the new year which uh, Chisholm already said is gonna suck hopefully it doesn't suck for you and yours. I'm going to be a little more optimistic, uh, but for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys very soon. It won't suck that bad. It's going to suck. Drinking and dreaming.